Welcome to Excel Radio with Dr. Nick Zarowski, where we talk with world-class entrepreneurs, executives, and health experts who have unlocked the secrets to Excel Health and performance. Hi, this is your host and high-performance expert, Dr. Nick Zarowski. On today's show, we have a special guest by the name of Ari Mysel. Ari is a productivity expert who travels the world and coaches thousands of people on how to spend less time doing and more time living. Welcome to the show, Ari. Thanks, thanks. It's a pleasure to have you on here today. Um, so you have this concept of less doing and more living. Can you explain this? And in, in, I really have a twofold question here. First of all, if you can explain this concept, but also tell people how you came up with this. Sure. So uh, less doing is a productivity methodology that I created. And uh, essentially, the, the, I guess the backbone of it is that I teach people how to optimize, automate, and outsource everything in their lives. Okay. including their health, in order to be more effective. Uh, and the way it came about was uh, actually because of a health crisis. I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease about eight years ago. And uh, for your listeners who don't know what that is, it's a chronic inflammatory condition that affects the digestive tract primarily. And it's very, very painful. And um, they end up giving you a lot of medicine. And I was just getting sicker and sicker. And I, essentially, there there was a couple of things that sort of I guess cross paths to help create less doing from that. But basically, a big part of Crohn's and a lot of inflammatory illnesses is stress. So that was one reason to attack this was that I felt that I could take a systematic approach to relieving stress by helping people free up time and not have to worry about the uh, the stuff that they shouldn't be worrying about. But then the other side of it was that there were days that I was just so weak that I, I literally had trouble getting an hour of work done. So it became a question of, you know, what would you do if you could only work an hour a day? And I, I ask that question when I give talks a lot now. And, you know, sometimes I get some chuckles from people and I say, well, you know, yeah, that sounds crazy, but I was actually faced with that reality. And you have a choice of you could crumble or you could thrive. And I had to, it's not just a matter of like rallying and trying to get it done. It's that you really have to, stretch your brain, think outside the box, and figure out ways to get things done using less time and less energy. Well, wow, so it's really your own struggles that pushed you to learn this this whole idea of, of um, less doing, more living then. Exactly. Well, and, and so, you know, back to some of the health struggles you had, how long did that go on where you were really forced to just make yourself as productive as possible because your your health condition wasn't allowing you to work a full day's work like everybody else. Yeah, I mean, the, again, you know, ask yourself ask yourself that question. Like, what would it look like if I can only work an hour a day? What would I? What would you have to do? What would you have to give up? Like, what systems would you have to put in place? What team would you need? That kind of thing. Uh, and when you make it that limited, that it's an hour, right. that you know, that, that's not something. That's not like a goal of mine. You know, I don't want. I don't want people to only work an hour a day necessarily, right. unless that's what they want. But if you start thinking that way, it really changes the game in terms of the things that you have to come up with in order to make that possible. You know, it's like, it, it, does that mean that you're spending twenty minutes on email or nothing on email? And how do you make that happen so that you're not spending any time on email? And then if you're trying to build a company, and I mean, and the thing is, is I've done this, and I've. Also, there there are some very famous and successful people who done who do this kind of thing as well. Richard Branson is famous for working like forty five minutes a day, you know, and that's and that's I didn't when know he's, that. 
Yeah, well, that's when he's delegating things, telling people what to do and stuff. And then the rest of the time, he's basically entertaining and connecting and doing what he does best. And the thing is, is it's not just looking at this as like a restriction. It's also realizing that you need to be able to focus on the thing that you are best at. And I firmly believe that 95% of the things that you or I do every day, all of us, and this is it's an ongoing process, can be done by other people or other things. And it's really that 5% that you want to be able to focus as much of your effort as possible on. Right. So, I mean, you travel the world, you speak in front of thousands and thousands of people. What are some of the major mistakes that people are doing that's just absolutely, you know, killing killing their lifestyle because they're just doing so much and not even spending the time to think or live? Oh, man, there are so many things. Yeah, now. I know. That's a very open question. No, and it's, and it's totally fine because, I mean, I could come at this from like 14 different angles. But, there, okay, so one general one is that unfortunately we live in a society now where being busy is seen as like a badge of honor and right. burning oh, yeah. the midnight oil and, you know, not taking care of your health, you know, sacrificing your health so that you can get another spreadsheet done. Like that kind of thing is really promoted and people are proud of this business, but that that in itself is really insidious. But the but besides that, being busy to be busy is not being productive. Right. Obviously. Uh, and what what people have to realize is that there, and this is also answering the question, is that we have, all of us as human beings have something that's usually referred to as peak time or prime time. And for most people, that's about 90 minutes a day, typically. Uh, and a lot of people know when that is for them. Like mine is typically between 10 and noon in the morning, or okay. 10 and noon. Do you have any idea when yours might be? Yeah, I would, I'm, I'm probably... Man, I would say it's going to be between nine, nine and eleven, somewhere right in there, where I can yeah, just okay. really focus and and hammer things out. Right. So great. Okay. So that's awesome. And a lot of people do have that idea. Some people have no clue, uh, and some people it's in the morning. Some people it's late at night. Whatever it might be. But what the what you really need to know is that in your peak time, you are two to one hundred times more effective and productive than any other time of the day. So first that's of interesting. all. Well, so, right. So, first of all, that literally means that if you only worked for that hour and a half, you should be able to get more done than anything you could do in the rest of the day and possibly even over several days of time. That also means that you have to respect that peak time. You have to respect the peak time of others that you're working with. And if you do that and you start to think that way, then you can get so much more done in so much less time. And then this whole idea of being busy to be busy is just out the window because now hard work is seen as lazy. Because if you actually stop and really think about how to do it smarter, mm -hmm. that's what takes real effort and has the best results too. Yeah. You made an interesting point about people who are working excessive hours as if it's a badge of honor because you know some of the, some of the executives, um, it, in most cases executives and companies that I work with, that uh, in order to skyrocket their health, one of the things that they – some of them are typically doing, I'd say most of them actually, is they're working excessive hours, you know, 80 plus hours a week and they're very proud of that. And I'm, I mean, I'm proud of them too for it. But when they come and they start working with me, I have to look at that whole situation and go, okay, well, you know, you're coming to me to help you with your health and where do I fit in? You're literally giving me, you're literally giving me zero time and, and giving yourself zero time to take your health to the next level and you expect me to see results with you 
However, you're working these ridiculous hours and you're pretty much telling me that you're not going to dedicate any time to your health. So it's like, you know, I'm just looking at them going like, oh my gosh, what a mess this is. Well, yeah. And so you'll, you'll completely appreciate this because it's, it's completely parallel to what happens with work as well. So you see this as a doctor, right? Where people, they just want a pill, right? Or they want something and they don't want to change right. their lifestyle. And, and that's a big problem with something like Crohn's, by the way, because typical and and by the way I, I'm not bashing Western medicine at all Western medicine saved my life and I couldn't have gotten to where I was without Western medicine but the problem is is actually the patients the people and a lot of times part of that is just because there's a lack of information not not a lack of availability of information but a lack of like getting the information because it is there but if you just want to add on medicine or you want to you know do some exercise but you don't change your lifestyle nothing's going to change and it's the same thing with with technology and with email you know so this is what i see all the time is i i do recommend lots of apps and technology and stuff like that but at the heart of it what i teach is a framework and it's a different mindset and what i tell people is that you know look technology is great but it's only going to amplify the habits you currently have so if you have bad habits, it's going to make them much worse. It's the person who comes to me and says, you know, I have 10,000 emails in my inbox, but um, I'm just, I just install these three plugins and I'll be good, right? Like, right. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, very, very interesting. <clears throat> so when, when it comes to being productive and, and, and spending more, to- more time living and less time doing, what are some of the strategies that people can start implementing in order to make this happen in their own life because I know uh, I, I mean I personally know of people who have a really bad problem with this that are going to listen to this podcast yeah so first of all that peak time is another is, is I want to reiterate that you know try to identify when yours is and if you don't know there's a number of ways to figure it out uh, if you do know then try to really respect that time and don't schedule meetings or don't schedule calls or try to use that peak time for whatever you believe your your 5% is, whether that's coding or writing or po- whatever it might be. Right. Uh, but the other thing is also just to start tracking the things that you do. This is a big deal for me is that now everything we do can be tracked pretty much, honestly, like pretty much everything and most of it without having to make any actual efforts at all. It can all be done automatically. So whether it's the, the steps you've taken, uh, the emails you've sent, the time you spent on the phone, the, the, the food you eat, the sleep, all that stuff, start tracking this stuff. And if you, even if you don't do anything with it, I really believe that just the awareness alone a lot of times is enough to sort of make you recognize changes gotcha. that you can make. And, and, and what, are, what is the way that you suggest to track? Is it journaling in the morning? Oh no! I mean, it it really depends because there's so many. No, I, I so I, I do agree that I, I like journaling. Journaling is great, but that to me is not a great method in terms of tracking. I'm talking okay. about things like Rescue Time, for example, which is a program that'll run. Are you familiar with it actually? I, I'm not. No. Okay, so Rescue Time will run on your computer in the background on your Mac, and it will it will uh, show you. It'll it'll see how you're using your computer, so it just sort of runs in the background. And over time, it'll tell you that, you know, look, you're uh, using, you, you spent 16 hours this week on email and you spent six hours in Excel and three hours on Facebook. You can really break down your computer usage. Oh, that's and very interesting. Re- well, and what it'll then go on to do is it will tell you, oh, and, you know, by the way, 
Tuesday is your most productive day and Thursday is your least productive day. And you may not know why that is, but it doesn't even matter because you can just start to make changes based on that. So those kinds of, uh, those kinds of actual hardcore tracking things. Sleep tracking is a great one too. You know, one of the easiest ways to improve your life is to improve your sleep, I think. And, you know, the Bedit is my favorite sleep tracker right now. Okay. But there's a number of them that'll do it. Okay, interesting. So, <clears throat> would you suggest that somebody should hire assistance or how I mean, you you're talking a little bit about if you're working on your computer a lot, track your computer time or, you know, you could track what you're doing throughout the day. But what do people once they find out this information, what are some of the major ways that you see people go about going in 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 making themselves more productive throughout the day? Is it hiring a personal assistant? You know, wh where do we go from there? So I do believe that everybody at some point should work with a virtual assistant specifically because I think it's an educational process for you in terms of how you effectively communicate and delegate your needs when you're speaking to somebody who is not in the same room with you and doesn't necessarily have any training in what you do. And in some cases, you may not ever work with again. That's a, that's a fantastic parameter in terms of how you can actually get better at delegating. And delegating, by the way, is a skill set that is completely lost, in my opinion. Most people do not possess true delegation skills. The, the idea of just giving somebody a task and saying, here, do this, that's not delegation. Delegation is a big part of leadership because you have to be able to correctly, effectively, and efficiently communicate your needs to somebody in a way that gives them ownership over it and empowers them to take that task and run with it to the extent that they can actually overcome hurdles themselves and you can go back to what you're doing rather than managing them. That's delegation. So <clears throat> yes, I do believe everybody should get a virtual assistant and try it as an educational experience. However, outsourcing is the final step of less doing and I'm really clear about that with people because if you go straight to outsourcing, that's kind of like sweeping the, the dirt under the rug. It doesn't necessarily get rid of the problem. So if you start with the optimization first, which you're really identifying what the problem is, what the process is, and what the steps are that you could go through to actually make it more efficient, that's where we start. The second part is to automate, and that's with things like IFTTT or Zapier, where you're putting these systems in place that you can set and forget. If anything is left over at that point, that's when you look at outsourcing to a specialist or generalist. So actually... The tracking is really the first step, but then something that they can do that's really actionable is go to IFTTT, which is if this, then that, basically, is what it stands for, IFTTT.com, and you can create very simple automations between various web services, really mundane things and really complicated things. So mundane thing might be like every time I change my picture, my profile picture on Twitter, also change it on Facebook. Uh, but you can get more advanced, like if somebody buys something from me on PayPal, then automatically add them to, uh, to Salesforce as a new client and put their project into Trello. The kinds of things that take you 45, 60 seconds to do, but you're doing them dozens and hundreds of times a day, that's really eye-opening for people when they start getting into that. Okay, so when you talk about the concept of a virtual assistant, is that what you're speaking of or are you actually talking about another person in another location that's helping you? I'm, I'm, that's what I mean by virtual assistant, a, an assistant who is simply not in the room with you, basically. Okay, but the, but this you're not referring to a um, the the program IFTT or already? No, no, IFTTT would be more of an automation thing. That's, okay. that's there's no human involvement there at all. 
Okay. So, you know, because I know that listeners, you know, that's a new concept for them. So a virtual assistant, right? I mean, a lot of people have an assistant, an executive assistant, something like that. But a virtual assistant is definitely a concept I'm not even 100% familiar with. So can you explain how you would go about doing something like this? Sure. So there's two kinds of virtual assistants. There are what's known as dedicated and then on demand. So the dedicated is pretty straightforward. That's where you're, you're dealing with one person. You know, so they could get to know your habits and, and know what you like to do. And they are, they could be in any country, any city, wherever. And the company that I like best for that is a company called Zirtual, like virtual with a Z. But there's another, cla- there's another class of virtual assistants known as on-demand virtual assistants. And this is something like fancyhands.com, for example. And with Fancy Hands, what you're getting is not the same person even twice necessarily. They have over 3,000 assistants. You issue your task and any one of them can pick it up and do it. And you can issue your task by email, by text, or by a voicemail. And it can be anything from, excuse me, make me this reservation at this place, make me a doctor's appointment, or contact my electrical company and find out why there was this extra charge on my bill this week, uh, or do market research, or any... I've done 7,000 tasks with Fancy Hands over the past three years. Oh, wow. That's, yeah, that's huge. They've saved, they have, in the last year, they have saved me an entire month of my own time. Wow. That's, that's, that's incredible. That's cool. Yeah. yeah and, and like, honestly, a virtual assistant in, in using these different uh, concepts that you're talking about right here, I've never even heard of them. So that's great. This is great news for me. Good. Awesome. So, all right. So then, you know, what are some of the, uh, the big game changers that you use in your life? So virtual assistants, obviously one, and, and what are some of the other ones that you use that you, you just couldn't do the amount of things that you're accomplishing on a daily basis without? So there's a company that I'm kind of in love with right now called WP Curve. And for $99 a month, you get unlimited WordPress changes and fixes. Okay. So, you know, anybody who has a website or a blog, you, a lot of people are using WordPress. It's, I think it powers 23% of the web. And okay. this is like, you know, everything from uh, this plugin isn't working to the, the banner on this page is the wrong size to change the text here, uh, make, you know, install this opt in page. Like, all of those things that are little tasks that you certainly could hire a developer to do, and they would definitely be more expensive, but this is multiple people that are each one is working on the task individually, and so much revolves around my my blog you know and the, the web presence and there's so much that has to do with that and as a matter of fact, uh, last week my, my site actually got hacked, and they just oh, no. really, they really came. well it, yeah it, it, it's it, it happened it, and it's fine because Thankfully, because of WP Curve, it really wasn't too big of an issue, and they were able to rebuild everything. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, that's that's a real big deal. So wow, they just went in there and they rebuilt it for you. And well, this is the thing. Is so basically, without going into the whole story, essentially what happened was I lost six weeks of the blog content okay. uh, and all the changes that we made and all everything. And because every task to WP Curve is an email, you have to you know each task is individually assigned. Mm-hmm. They were able to just go through all of the requests I'd made over the past six weeks and redo them. Wow. Yeah, that's incredible. And obviously that saved you a immense amount of time. Yeah, and yeah, more than time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So when when you weren't able when you were just doing everything yourself, obviously you were 
you know, really, you know, it was a huge burden for you. And so now that you're able to delegate a lot of these other these tasks that you have on a daily basis to other people, how does how does that really change your life and, and the way you go about living now compared to how you used to live? Well, I can tell you, for example, I my work week, as I define it, is two days per week. Okay, so I work Mondays and Wednesdays from nine thirty to roughly five thirty. Okay, not Monday through Wednesday, Monday and Wednesday. Now, those are the times that I am working in the business, as I refer to it. Other times, I'm thinking about my business, I'm thinking about new ideas and things, but essentially, those other five days a week, I'm with my family, I'm with my three kids and my wife. And yeah. so, that's what it's enabled me to do. And the truth is, is by living my life more, I am actually putting myself in situations where I'm forcing myself to create these new solutions anyway, because, you know, if it would limited limited time in the business itself, it really forces me to focus when I am in it. And also by, you know, juggling kids and being out and about doing things, I get to experience more of my life, which requires me to be more productive. Right. Do you find that giving yourself the free time actually allows you to develop more concepts and great ideas for your company versus if you're just in the trenches all day long working? Well, I t you know, more importantly than free time, it's free mind, and that's literally. I'll try to make that distinction. You, know, you can have free time, but if your attention is on, you know, something else or preoccupied with whatever, then you're not going to be able to use it for the thing you want. So, I really want people to be able to reclaim their time and reclaim their minds so that they can do what they want to do. Right. Absolutely. It's it's one of the things. Once again, I try to you know, work with my executives on. I mean, obviously, I work with them on their health, but one of the things that I have to do in order to work with them on their health is work with them how they structure their lives because like I said if they're working uh, 80 85 hours a week which I mean I, I've it's not uncommon for me to hear something like that um, like I said how in the world can I help them with their health like they're they're grabbing anything that they can find to eat whether it's McDonald's whatever and uh, they just it's usually like you said at the very beginning it's it's like a badge of honor and their health is something that they absolutely put on the back burner like you know whatever they have to do to just scrape by and stay alive on a daily basis that's what they do so yeah, exactly this, so I mean this is all something that is really important for them to start implementing so when you talk about outsourcing your health can you explain that concept and and uh, tell us what that's about well there's a number of ways and so, I mean so, you know one of which is is simple testing I mean there's so many tests that we can do now that uh, if even from home and I mean you know this better than me of course that there there's things right. that we can do with urine and saliva that you really couldn't do years you know a couple years ago yeah it's um, excellent neurotransmitter tests and uh, heavy metal, you know, chelation. I mean, all this, all this awesome stuff that we can do, and that to me actually is kind of an outsourcing thing because you're 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 doing the test, and then you're getting those results, and then you can either talk to someone like you and figure out what they should do. And a lot of this too is uh, sort of like avoiding decision fatigue. You know, uh, I, it's great for me to be able to go to someone like you and just say, look, these are the results. Like, tell me what to do, and I'll do it. Right. Um, and of, of course, hopefully they comply. But besides that, you're able to outsource it that way. But then there's things like there's a really cool app called Rise.us, and it's a um, it's a nutritionist app. So basically, what you do 
is you just take a picture of your meals, okay? And, like with anything, except that in this case, there's an actual person that's going to look at the end of the day and give you basically daily feedback on how you're eating. Oh wow, that's really interesting. And what is that called again? Rise.us. R I S E. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, you know, so I mean, there's things like that that exist now. That we, it's really cool, right? And, and te- yeah, like you said, technology has really made um, made it available to everyone in order to have the proper information in order to take their health to the next level. It's interesting because a lot of people still have the mindset that you just wait until you're sick or you wait until you're diagnosed with some awful disease. And, and the fact is, is just like you are talking about, it's so easy to just outsource your health, get some proper testing done and start making some changes because the one thing that modern science has done for us, not only has it made these tests very available right in the comfort of your home, but it also has you know really given us the ability to understand that many of these diseases that people are facing are absolutely preventable. So outsourcing your health is going to be an incredible way for people to get well, stay well. That's right. That's awesome. So is there any last tips that you have that people should start implementing today in order to skyrocket their health, their their productivity, and be able to really spend more time enjoying their life and less time uh, just in the trenches, working on their business, working you know working for the company that they're they're working for and, and spending an immense amount of time uh, at work. Yeah, I would say that there's something I, I call creating an external brain. And it's really about creating idea flow. And so my, my favorite app for this is Evernote, um, which you're familiar with Evernote, right? Yep. Yeah, so a lot of people are, but I feel like a lot of people don't use it the way that I think they should. And one of the things is to overuse it. It's a completely free service. You can't fill it up. So if you have an idea in your head, you got to get it out of your head. Ideas need flow. Okay. Don't judge it. Don't hesitate. Don't Just capture it and move on. Uh, and the search functionality is so good of these things now that if you need it, you'll be able to find it later. But don't. The human brain is great at coming up with ideas. It's terrible at holding on to them. So get it out of your head and start and start freeing up that space in your brain. Okay, so you just pull up Evernote and you just write down the note of whatever whatever came up in your head, and then you go back to it later. Or how do you deal with that? A lot of times I don't go back to it because the the contextual search is so good that. If I clip something else in the future, or I'm looking at something else, that, or I'm searching for anything, it will it will inevitably come up with it for me, and I trust that. So okay, awesome. All right, so great. We learned some um, excellent apps to use in order to uh, be more productive, spend less time doing. I have another question for you, though. Do you suggest? writing down goal sheets and that sort of thing, uh, writing down uh, lists at the beginning of your week in order to try to be more productive. How do you go about planning your week and, and that sort of thing? Uh, I, I mean, goal setting is important, but I just think the thing is to make it as, as micro as possible. Like, so very, very short term. So maybe the night before for the, for the day ahead, but not necessarily the whole week. Okay, gotcha. And then also back to the Evernote thing. Now, is there a certain time, like, do you dump this information from your brain at night into Evernote, or is it something that you just do periodically throughout the day? It, it's just like throughout the day. As, as the ideas come, I capture them. 
Okay, awesome. Yeah, because I noticed I, I've heard of different people where they'll they'll you know at night they just dump everything in their mind so that they can sleep better and and, and focus more <laughs> just because they're they don't have all these things free floating in their head. Yeah. So awesome. Is there any last things that are really important for people to implement in order to spend less time doing and more time living? Well, I, I just what I'd like to offer actually to all your listeners is that you can actually get on a free totally free coaching call with one of my coaches because they are the ones who can really help with those first steps and implementation. Okay. And if they go to lessdoingcall.com, they can book that call whenever they want. And again, it's, it's totally free. I've trained all these coaches myself and they can really get your listeners started on the, the right path to being more productive. Okay, awesome. And so you have a coaching call available, which is, which is a very excellent offer because there's more people who need this today more than ever. Now, how are some, what are some other ways that people can get involved with what you're doing, get some of the information that we're talking about here and, and just really start being uh, more productive on a daily basis? They can go to lessdoing.com and find out all about the blog and the podcast and the book and, and yeah, all, everything I do. <laughs> Okay, awesome. Well, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show, Ari, and I I know that the information that you gave here uh, is going to help me spend less time doing more time living, which is something I think we all need. And uh, I appreciate you sharing these strategies with my listeners, and we're very grateful for it. Awesome. Thanks a lot, man. If you love the productivity strategies that you learned on this week's episode, the greatest way that you can show your appreciation and gratitude is by sharing this episode on social media and telling others about it. If you want more information to multiply your health and simplify your lifestyle, visit our website at excelpodcast.com. Until next time, have an outstanding day.